Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always. Wrong way. Great... You have to point the other way. Oh, the other way? Yeah, look. Oh, no. Okay, there I'm so go. confused. Michelle, you. Michelle, welcome to the show. You look fantastic, <laughs> as always. You look bright and cheery and happy. Are You, you had a good light, weekend? The lighting. The Alex Earl. This is the Alex Earl selfie light, see? What does that mean? So there's like a chick that I'm obsessed with on social media. Now the world's obsessed with her name, Alex Earl. And she does all of her TikToks with this, like, Chris, I'll oh, show it to you. This selfie okay. light. And everyone says, like, changes your life. Oh, it's wow. So it, does. it looks great. I got to get one of those. Because right. otherwise, I'd be like this, which yeah. I actually prefer like this. No, no, but no. The selfie light is well so much better. So. Selfie light is so much better. Well, listen, we have a lot of stuff to cover today, but we want to get right to our guest. He's this very, <laughs> very cool guy that you and I have both known for a very long time. His name is Mark Martinez. Mark. Get on up here. There he is. Down What's here. going on, guys? Hey. I think I think Mark was one of our very like first guests when we did the show 10 years ago. Is that Maybe, possible? I like the fact that Mark loves our new format. Yeah, well, this is this is my third time on, and I absolutely love the new format. I mean, look, look at you guys. You look fabulous. <laughs> Great lighting, by the way, Michelle. <laughs> Yes. Great Thank lighting you. for Michelle. I am uh, not, I do not look You good, look great. Your lighting's good today. Oh, really? Your glasses oh. are still glary, though. I know. Yeah, I got to You look, get you look young, Billy. You, yeah, something's going well. By the way, I want you to know I wore this jersey. Yep. Just for you. Unbelievable. Throwback. Oh, so that was the LRF Cares softball tournament that Mark was the main sponsor in. And we had so much fun that day. Michelle, were you there? I was there for one of them. I don't, I don't, it wasn't oh, it was that awesome. one. I don't think we had a charity softball tournament. Mike Pipey was MVP. It was an awesome day. Um, I couldn't move for like a week afterwards. I think I like threw my back. It was horrible, but it was so much fun. We raised a ton of money for LRF cares, which supports aftercare, which I know Mark is very important to you. If you remember, you were the winning pitcher that day and yeah, I was the losing pitcher that day. That's okay. You know what? Someone has to win and someone has to lose. And look at you. I love the facial hair. You look fantastic. Listen, we have a lot to discuss very okay. quickly before we, because one of the reasons Mark contacted Michelle and I after the last show, when we had Pat Cummings on, we talked a lot about this industry stuff, what's going on with Micropoli, what's going on in the world of thoroughbred horse racing. I think Mark, uh, if I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, he's one of the most passionate owners we have in the game loves racing just like we do and just wants to make it better and to, 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 and and i think that so mark reached out to us after we said why don't you just come on the show and we can talk about some of your ideas because he has some great ideas but before we do that give us a little update a stable update because we still are the owner's box you're still a big owner um you know i we we know we had some probably some older horses that have got, that have uh you know trickled away but but anything new we should be looking out for mark well uh, i mean uh, it I will say the what uh, I'll, I'll wrap some quotes around this. The glory days, the, glory. the run, the run that I had in California has has, has slowed down for a while. It has slowed down, okay. but currently I have just to give you some idea, and I think some of this will be relevant to what we talk about. Is I have eleven horses in training currently. Now I have made some changes in my program. Some of it to kind of spark some enthusiasm. Um, I was kind of flatlining a little bit and so was uh, it enthusiasm for you or enthusiasm for people in your syndicate uh well i'm i'm not really a syndicate or like your group you're you know like i have so michelle partners sorry agave is me now i do have partners and that's what yeah. i want to talk about so i have 11 horses in training um 10 of them i have in partnerships and i actually have nine different partnerships um, now, not syndicates in the in the way that Billy, you know, and Little Red and 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 Eclipse and others have in West Point, but just partnerships, name partners that are that are part of, you know, each individual horse, and and that's something I would like to get to and talk about because I don't think the game has evolved and caught up with some of the, um, you know, some of the challenges, if you will, that faces different partners, and I think there's some things we can do to make it more attractive for owners um, that are run, running in partnerships. So Absolutely. that's something I'd really like to get to. I mean, Billy, I mean, I mean, I'll just throw one out right now. I don't want to get out, you know, if you don't mind me just yeah. jumping right in. No, go for it. That's um, why you're here. Yeah. And, and just so you know, I have horses in four different states with four different trainers right now. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm mixing it up a little bit. But if you, you know, one of the things that not having, uh, I'm an advocate for putting ownership percentages into both the racing form, Equibase. Um, and the reason is, for example, you know, LRF will probably never win a title at a track, sure. nor win an Eclipse Award. Saul Kuman never have an opportunity to do this because these folks have horses with so many different different partnerships. So what I'd like to do is disclose what the ownership percentages are so that you can accumulate. If you have half a horse and you win a race, you get credit for half. Oh, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk off the air on this one, Mark. I've gone down this road already. Um, we've talked about it actually on the show, and this is an idea that's been around and we we could use a guy like you to actually take over. It's it's this is a this is an, a jockey club thing, an equibase thing, and it's something that is obviously totally the right idea. I always say like, how can how can we have the technology that can see how many dribbles Steph Curry had in a sing, in the fourth quarter uh, of a basketball game, but we can't figure out to do proper statistics in horse racing. Well, it, 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 well, first of all, just because to me, I'm not one to subscribe to that's the way it's always been so that's the way it's always going to be if we don't evolve with the game we're going to go the way of the tyrannosaurus rex that's yep. my opinion and so i think we can and it, and it spills into other areas right not just awards and titles but it spills into i think the handicapper wants to know sure. i think the other owners want to know because if i'm looking to potentially claim a horse and i see 75 percent of it's owned by lrf and I, you know, I've got a read on how they handle and move. Mm -hmm. I might say, oh, no, if Billy's in for 50. He's that, you know, he's looking to lose that horse. Or I might go the other way and say, oh, I know Billy's trying to get away with one. Yeah. I can also say if Billy owns 25%, he doesn't own that decision. So it, it's good for the better because it allows them to get a better read on owner trainer behavior. It's also good for owners that are in the claiming game, gives us more insight. The other thing is the accounting thing. You guys are in California. I'm in California. One of the challenges is, is they have one named, you know, a partner who's 10 or, you know, that they capture. What All earnings are reported lot. against that one. Then you've got to, you've got to distribute the fund. Look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a IT guy. I'm not an accounting person fun. for heaven's sakes. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, and to say, well, we can't do it. The trainers do it. They bill me. I can show you my invoices. Right. The, the, you know, the, the vets do it. They know how to do it. The transportation companies know how to do it. And I find it odd that somebody described as the bookkeeper slash paymaster can't capture that and report earnings based on percentages. Right. So look, at there's so many things with that one shift that we could make it better for partnerships. And by the way, back in the 30s when Seabiscuit was, you know, around or in the 70s when secretary was around we didn't have partnerships like we have today mm -hmm. Correct. so we need Correct. to evolve so that's one of the things you know look if if mike rapoli wants to you know take on issues i i dropped him a text and i said you know let's not swing for the fences let's string together some singles small wins easy wins things that you can then evangelize to sh to gain and establish credibility for the nta and get some support behind you. But yeah. if we're going to sit here and do nothing but tackle huge issues, I mean, this is going to be like Congress. I mean, it's gridlock. Well, <laughs> you talked about, I mean, th there's one word that describes what you just did, and that's transparency. Yeah. And that's that's what we're looking for in our game constantly. Um, so uh, I know you have a, a giant list. Let's go through it. Michelle, where do you look at, you know, Mark sent us this beautiful list. I love that we just jumped right onto the partnership aspect and something that actually should be done. Um, where do you want to go next? Uh, so just since you're talking about, you have a, a series of these, you know, single hits that can get us through. Do you think that the most important thing is, is naming ownership and, and dealing with our back end, Or is there something that you feel like is something we can do and implement sooner? That's going to be impactful. Yeah. Well, let me give you one of the easy ones. This is what I would consider to be the low hanging fruit. And it shows you a little bit about the defunct dysfunction that we have in the game today, which is driven by the fact we all know this is widely talked about now, and that is we're a national sport regulated at the state level. 
One hundred percent. Right. And so we, we that always needs to be said. Yeah, that that's the key. And by the way, that's not something that challenges the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL. They have a you know, they have a governing body that's it, that has. And this is what the problem Mike's going to run into with the NTA, the governing body. You know, Adam Silver, he has the authority he needs to execute in his role. Mike didn't have any authority as the NTA. NTA didn't have any authority. So what he needs, and it's not a, it's not an owner's, uh, you know, I don't know, I hate to use the word, word association, but it's, we need all the stakeholders. You know, I was reading the Pollock report, uh, uh, I guess it was just right, just before New Year's. And Ray talked about the stories they didn't cover. And one of the stories he didn't cover was this idea that, Every stakeholder believes they're the most important component to the game, right? Whether you're the owners, whether you're the breeders, whether you're the track operators, whether you're the trainers. And he said, you know what? I let, can we, you know, let's just get a wheel of fortune and every day we'll spin it. Whichever one it lands on, they can be king for a day and then we can and they can make the decision. We can move on. Now, obviously, that's a lot of tongue in cheek, but it does show that it take it. it there is no one person in our game. There is no commissioner that can drive because they're not going to own it all. We're going to need collaboration and cooperation across the stake, the stakeholders. Um, but anyway, the one that I think will illustrate, and I think it's easy is condition books as owners. I mean, I know Billy, you're actively in them. Michelle, I don't know how much time you spend in them, but I know your husband's in it all the time. So, and this is real. I get this feedback from people all the time. Open the California condition book and you'll see one a other than allowance, 65,000 plus, and I'm going to round plus 20,000 for Calbreds. Open up the Turfway condition book and it says 70,000 includes 35,000 for KTDF. Then you go down to Florida and, and you've got 92, 1X, 92,000 includes 20,000 for Florida breads. If you want to know how to now, mind you, that's Gulfstream, Astronic Track, and I'm doing it just the opposite way as Santa Anita Astronic Track. Let me also show you. Just make it all the same is what you're saying. Consistent. Well, is that, is that because the racetracks want to do it different, or is that because <laughs> the the people that are giving us the funds, so like the CTBA in this instance in California, is it because they want it to be read differently? So, so I'll tell you. So I I sit on the racing committee of the TOC. And it's something that we've talked about. I brought this point to Bill Nader. He said, this was last year, I'll take it to the um, uh, symposium in Arizona, see if we can get some consensus on this. And he came back, and I hate to say it, he came back empty handed. In other words, no resolution. And, I'm, and I send a note to Bill and I'm like, if we can't come together on something as simple as how we report a person a condition book, how are we gonna, how are we gonna tackle the stuff that really matters, right? The big stuff. That's so, one of the simplest. So, and then the last one, I'll tell you, open up the, the Turfway. I, I have horses there. Open up the Turfway condition book. Not only do they report that the way where the 70,000 includes 35,000 for KTDF or whatever the splits are, they're claiming races are just the opposite. It shows the purse is 35,000. It says plus yeah. 7,000 or 7,500. So they don't even have a consistent written book between claiming an allowance there. We've got Stronic can't get lined up. The states can't get lined up. And if we can't get every major track to come together and say, okay, we're going to report it this way. We agree this way. Do it. And Michelle, what drives it is, you know, I, and I remember the first time I saw this was many years ago, Fairgrounds did it and they stuck it in and it inflated their purses and no one was really ready for it. That's and they why, right. And, and they assumed they were getting the money. I had a friend of mine recently claimed a horse at Churchill. He was in jail, which we'll talk about. He wanted to run the horse at Turfway. <laughs> he had he he made the uh, he you know made the decision to claim a PA bread. He looked at Turfway and saw he was running for fifty cents on the dollar compared to the rest of the horse in the field. Because when he first looked at the purse, he saw seventy. He didn't notice that 35 of that or whatever yeah. was was for Kentucky breads only. So let's just make it one. Yeah, it's 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 that's those are these are really simple. But again, 
not so simple as you found out because you went to an appropriate person, you're on a, a, a committee and nothing changes. Now, I know because I run at different racetracks, we run at different racetracks. I, I have, I will be, I think I'm a semi-intelligent person, not super intelligent by any means, but semi-intelligent. I have trouble figuring out the races at other places, just even allowance conditions, even trying to look at an index. Like it, you're right. It, Brother, you've been in the game. You've been in the game for what? A hundred. Billy, years? that's what your trainer's for. Keep, that's why owners should stay yeah, out of it. Yeah, 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 we don't, right, you know, but here's the thing. I see what you're saying. That's another a simple step, but these are, these are, again, this is minutiae. These are easy. So let's go, let's give us another one that's on your list. Okay. Well, I want to talk about one and it's, it's, I'm sure a lot of people feel the pain, but it's another easy one. Well, let me say that this isn't so easy because it involves all the jurisdictions, but I want to talk about licensing. Go so, on. you know, praise, <laughs> preach, preach, Mark, preach. And so for example, you know, I, I understand it's a revenue driver for the states, but at the end of the day, does it move the needle? I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, Even it's, if it's a revenue driver, why can't we be listed in like a database and then every additional state you want to add to your license, you don't have to go through anything. You just like click and pay. Well, right. I've never done the national compact, Mark. How, what is the, I've never well, done it. I joined it. I joined it this month for the first time. You know, I always ran around getting my own licenses for, and what drove me is Florida wanted prints, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. I, and, and some states want prints. Others don't want prints. Don't ask me why we need prints today. Come on. I mean, really? But, but I'll give you an example. I'm also trying to, so that was to get licensed in Florida. I need to get licensed in Arkansas. Here's, let me give you an example. In Arkansas, they not only require, and some states require stable names, and some don't. Billy, you know this, right? Yeah. You register as the, as the owner. You also have to register a stable name. Some states don't require that. Um, and other states require you to register the partnerships. And so in, in, in Oakland, I, want, I had to get licensed. I had to license me, had to license my stable name. Then I had to license the partnership on the horse that I was running under. Well, I just told you I have 11 horses and nine different partnerships. So now I need nine different partners agreements yep. in order to run my and horse. They all have to be signed and they all have to be uh, notarized. notarized. Yeah. They have to have their fingerprints. We need an easier way. I so, think the bottom line here. Is and the compact is really only part of the answer because they actually still have to comply whatever with whatever each state needs, right? <clears throat> so if Arkansas needs every partnership to be individually licensed, then you've got, then they have to complete the paperwork. In my case, they would have to do it nine times if that's what I was trying to get accomplished. Sure. Again, go to, well, you know, the regulators are part of the stakeholders here, right? It's the, it's the owners, it's the track operators, it's the trainers, it's the regulators. We can't, we can't, <clears throat> we can't ignore the regulators. Can't we corral these guys for the good of the game? If, if and you know, Mike wants well, that's the, that was my question mark. Have you looked? Is it? I don't know what the actual group would be. It's almost like it's not the RCI, right? Because that's the rules, but it's some type of coordinated effort between the states, whatever that alphabet group is. That when we actually talk to each other, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know. Again goes back to that idea and I hate to keep bringing this up but that 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 centralized body that we don't have and that's the difference between horse racing and these other whether it's sports leagues or whatever it is because we are all controlled again by these individual states and it's make it makes it difficult for a guy like you all you want to do mark let's be honest you want to run your horses you want to be successful. You want to win races. You want to go out and have a cocktail after you win and, and party it up with your friends. You, that's that's who you, that's what you love about this sport. You love the horses, watching them win. And you're coming on this podcast. And for the last 15 minutes, all you've done is say how hard it is just to do that. And that has nothing to do with owning horses. And, and by the way, I've been in the game for 15 years. Yeah. Imagine a new If we want to go recruit new people into our sport. <clears throat> Billy, how are we going to do that? And yeah. then turn them over to this stuff. And Michelle, I, 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 you know, I'll do respect to Ryan. Um, you know, look, owners are going to look in condition books. It's, it's not like the old oh, days. Yeah, yeah. 
where the trainers kept the owners in the backseat or in fact right. in the trunk most of the time. We know what the sales results look like. We have this thing called the internet. I mean, I'm sure most trainers are aware of this now. So we're more educated. By the way, that's the kind of owners we want in the game. We want collaboration. I told Phil this years ago. He and let's I don't know how many he has today, but let's say he's got 180 horses. Well, that's, an under, have, that's an under for sure. <laughs> yeah, and let's say I have 18. He can't manage every detail of my 18 as tightly as as I can because yeah. I'm not looking at the other 162 or whatever that is. So my my and and we we work together as a team. It doesn't become adversarial. We're mm -hmm. friends. We're partners. We have a common goal. And so I just think we want that kind of owner. So yeah. I, 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 I've heard the stories about the owner with the condition book. Yes, I'm guilty. I think it's an old joke, though, right? I mean, like when Ryan yeah, gets condition books, he brings home a bunch of them and they like sit on the desk. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think those are the old days. All right. Good. First two points. I think right on the right. You're nailing. I want to get head. I want to get right to California, Mark, because wait, I wait, wait, please, please. Oh. I got to talk about one more. And then okay. I, I know California is going to go. We're going to go a little deeper on that. OK, I got to get one that I'm extremely passionate about and I've been affected by. And I think it's something that requires some, you know, some reform. And that is claiming. Thank you. So okay. to me, claiming is a is an, uh, an important part of our game. So I'm going to I'm going to lay out a, a scenario that um, I think will illustrate the point. So first of all, I always felt, thought that the claiming rules were controlled and regulated by the states, mm -hmm. right? Um, but now we have these things called house rules, yep. right? Which means in the case of Churchill Downs, Inc., they wrote a house rule that had such an overreaching effect that, first of all, I have a horse that I'm, I've had to pass two races for a spot because I was in jail. So here's the scenario. Let's just say at Churchill this past November meet, I there was a three-year-old filly in a hundred in a two other than optional hundred. And I'm in for the tag. And I reach in and I drop on that filly. She runs she runs off, wins by four, and runs a 102 buyer. Going seven eights. That's in November. Where should she be in December? On December 26th. La Brea. She should be in the La Brea grade one as an owner who runs in Kentucky, as an owner that cares about the game, by the way, as an owner that may, tries to reload my stable from the sale of broodmares that I built some residual value in, I would not have been allowed. I would not have been permitted to run her in the La Brea and poss possibly win a great one. So. That's Just because because you can't take a horse. The rule was written that you can't take a horse off the grounds. Yeah, the, 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 like for like ninety days they can't run or something ridiculous. Yeah, the rule like there, the the That's rule the there, the, the house rule that was written was sixty days after the meet, mm -hmm. or in the way the rule is actually written, not how it's enforced, is sixty days after um, the first of the year, January first. But mm -hmm. what they did was they said sixty days after the end of the meet or January first. So the La Brea being December 26th, I fell into that category. Now, my, you know, one of the things I would say is, how does that benefit the game? What are we trying to accomplish? Even the filly that I claimed, I claimed a filly recently off of Clarevich and Chad Brown. Now, my opinion, if Clarevich and Chad Brown have one in for a tag, they're done with the horse, you know? And, and so if I'm stupid enough to take a horse off of them, I shouldn't be handcuffed, right? right? So, but I was, I couldn't, I had a race. I, I, and by the way, winning a Philly winning as a two-year-old is valuable from mm -hmm. a, from a long-term residual value position versus a three-year-old. So I wanted to run her. We had a spot picked out for on, Jan on December 31st. We were, we weren't permitted to run. We tried to enter. We weren't permitted to run. We were in you tried to enter where? At Oakland. At Oakland. And so my thought was, and by the way, surprising to me but the rule was a churchill rule enforced by oakland but my my point well, is sure because there's there's reciprocity right because nobody wants like i'm gonna use a terrible word here that's not the right word okay but it's the same thing with california when california has horses that are just constantly being claimed and shipped out of state well we don't have any horses that come in and replace those horses so i 
not that I, I get the rule, Mark, because I agree. And you should, if you claim a horse and buy a horse, you should be able to run that horse wherever you want. That was, mm-hmm. I hate to bring up this name too. That was the whole Jerry Jam Gotchin thing. Yeah, several, several it, years it, ago. it was. And, and by the way, I think he's right, but I'm okay with some common sense restrictions. You know, for many years, the restrictions were you couldn't move till the end of the meet. Mm-hmm. But or you have not, to run it back once if possible. Or uh, well, I'll give you I gave an example. I mean, I claimed a dirt horse. Kentucky didn't even have a dirt dirt offering for me. So mm-hmm. I should, I'm not saying that they need to allow for every condition, but I had a friend of mine claim a Maryland bred turf horse at Churchill last year. They wanted to go run in a Maryland bred stake, and they weren't permitted, they were held in jail. And oh, by the way, Churchill, if you remember, their their turf course was under mm-hmm. was unsafe. So this turf horse, grass top and bottom, couldn't run. Churchill didn't gain anything. The no. horse ended up shipping to California to fill and running at Del Mar in November, whatever it was. But my point is, the state didn't gain. Churchill didn't gain. And all you did was agitate ten you know, a group of 10 owners owning 10% of a horse that we'd like to bring and develop into the game left a bad taste in their mouth. So Churchill's behavior and their actions aren't in the best interest of the game. I mean, and, and, and yeah, but Mark, we, we talked about, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, yes, Churchill's interests are in the best interest of guess who usually. But that Billy, that's what's probably yeah, that's what the instance he's describing. Then it wasn't in the best interest of Churchill at all. Yeah, they gained nothing. Pissed off. Yeah, right. exactly. And oh, by the way, I would Billy. The mere fact that well, they're only out for their own interests is why we're where we're at today. 100%. The tracks are out for theirs. The owners are out for theirs. The trainers are out for theirs. Each and every state is out for theirs. That's not coming together for the good of the game. Correct. You know, and, you and, and so what we need, what I'm advocating for is a standard rule that makes sense. And if it's like, I, I know what it is that I checked with Florida. I know what it is in California. I know at Oakland. I know it at, in Kentucky, at New York. Why don't we just get all the major tracks together and say, all right, you know, why? I didn't make up the phrase 100 years ago, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's right. good for one track should be good for the other, and the rules should be fair. The streets go, it's, you know, the roads travel in and out. And by Absolutely. the way, every horse I claim has a great, is likely to find its way back to Kentucky. Right. Right. So right. I don't see how they gain. So, you know, I want to, seems so very, what, seems like you, st- it's, so, it's so funny because we talk about, what you what we were talking about before and the word keyword was transparency right mm-hmm. the next keyword is common sense <laughs> just like we're not no one's trying to no one's trying to cheat anybody i just want to like run my horse where where i want to run my horse like i i don't yeah so so the common sense here it's almost like you can break it down and you can talk about a lot of different factors uh, using common sense which we do not in this game what I do like, Mark, is you're coming up with ideas that have potential solutions. So the, 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 but those solutions, again, we need to work on whatever group can work on it and, and, and get to a point where it just makes sense. Because also, and I don't know if I want to go on this tangent right now, because I know we have a bunch of things still to talk about, but you talked about the just getting rid of the claiming game um, starting, you know, it started, uh, we saw that article about uh, at the uh, rating. Yeah, the ratings, yeah. stuff like that. My personal belief, this is personally, I believe that anything new should be at least thought about, tried, um, come up with a con- you know uh, some type of concept, work on it. There are people that are, for, again, far smarter than I am that can come up with a rating system that might actually help our game. Now, it might change the, the, the landscape of the claiming game. It will change the landscape right. of the claiming game, but even... I remember 20 years ago, we were talking about auction races at the end where you mm-hmm. at the end of the race, they talked about it. So where are, I guess my question is what's the group or who is going to take these, who's going to listen to this 30 minutes that you and I, that we just spoke about and we still have time and do something about it. That's, well, I guess my question well, is that my job. Well, no. And, and it's, it certainly isn't one guy who owns an IT company in San Antonio, Texas. Right. So, so here, here's the thing. This is where, I think the NTA needs to be expanded. If I was looking for a way 
to have centralized governance or oversight, I would invite all of the stakeholders. I would have a board that was comprised of, and it would be weighted based on, shall we say, handle or size or you know some some metric around importance and on the landscape. But Churchill would have a seat at the table. NYRA would have a seat at the table. You know, Oakland, Florida, Stronic, however you want. Then owners would have three or four people that were my uh, elected representatives on this on this stakeholder panel that are set here to and and so if you had the track operators if you had the state regulators represent if you had the owners represent now you can't make it too big because too big nothing gets accomplished right but you need to have you need to also feature representation for each type of owner and the players what about the players the well, so so here's my, need to be up there too and 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 the breeders are going to want their say so you, you got to be careful i understand so here's my thought on the betters you know, first of all, you're a gambler. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The betters will be well represented by the owners. That's my take. I don't necessarily think they need a separate seat at the table. We're going to take care of them because we understand the importance that they represent to our game. Right. So the, there's two people that pay the freight in our game. It's the owners and it's the betters and the betters pay it through takeout. Right. So. That you know, they'll and most of us got to the game. We either came through the betting window or the breeding shed, but by and large. And so I'm I'm just saying that the betters you can't have too many bodies. If I look at the chair and the four legs of the chair, and you know, because the next thing you know, the vets want a, a seat, and the, the you know, we're, not, we're gonna have the hot walkers have representation on the panel. No, you get the four pillars that ma that make up the game, and we look out for the interests of the game as a whole. That's where I think we fail sometimes is we're only looking at it through our own lens. Mm -hmm. We need to look at it through the, the other's lens. And, I'll, and I'm going to throw this out there and then we'll talk about California because I this will be a great segue into it. Talk about looking through the other lens. So I'm an owner. And if I was only interested in the owner's interest, I wouldn't have written a white paper on a trainer incentive in Southern California. Sure. Right. I was advocating for taking ship and win money that the owners, you know, enjoy and re-channeling that money to trainers. And the reason I'm for this, and I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. Number one, giving the money to the owners, you're paying, in many cases, you're paying me. I'll just use myself as an example. My horses are going to fill anyway, whether you give me an incentive to, to send them there or not. Second thing is, is owners are such a small incremental increase in our horse inventory that it doesn't move the needle much. And so I think a trainer incentive accomplishes two things. First of all, it might get it might get the Brad Cox's, Steve Asmussen's, Chad Brown's, Mike Makers, and I'm not talking about, you know, sending a handful of horses for the Del Mar meet. I'm talking about stabling in Southern California because the money adds up quickly. That's number one. And, and, you know, and, and the second thing is, whether we want to admit it or not, California is probably the highest state to own and operate a training business. And so what I would advocate for is what we would call in, in, you know, in business, a COLA, a cost of living allowance. In other words, the industry as a whole, recognizing that California is so important to the game across all jurisdictions that we need to prop them up. We may not need to prop them up forever, but let's face it, guys, an alternate source of, of revenue like a lot of the other states has is Slots, not coming in. Right. You know, yeah. We're not going to get that. I mean, yeah. you know, the state's not behind it enough to get it done. Hell, we couldn't even get uh, sports wagering, you know, right. through, let alone slots and the tribes on that. So we know it's not going to happen. So does do all the other jurisdictions stick their head in the sand and say, that's California's problem. That ain't mine. Or do they recognize if California collapses, then the industry is going to is not might not be far behind. So here's what I say. The next question is, well, Mark, how do you fund that? Because and let's talk about trainers. Brad guys could bring 50 horses here. You know, Chad Brown can and Chad Brown's a train, uh, a turf bias trainer. One of the beauties of California is we have year round turf racing, beautiful turf racing. Right. He's not here. 
We, we haven't done enough. And, and here's what I would say if I was a trainer. Okay, I can go to California and, and pay, and I'll be conservative, 20% more to operate a business. And oh, by the way, run for 30% less money. I got a 50-point delta right there. I, I don't know if that was a division in M2 technology, it wouldn't survive. Right. Right. So sure. and and so you say, well, how do we fund it? Redirect ship and win money into a trainer incentive program. Second thing is go to the people that benefit. And Billy, you talked about this with Pat Cummings, that benefit by California's presence in the game. Breeders. The farms. Yep. The stallion owners. Yep. The tr- by the way, the sales companies. Sales companies. The consigners. Go talk to Mark Taylor. Go talk to yep. you know Boyd. These guys. And I, I, you know, I'm not uh, woven in enough to say what the numbers would be, but I always use the number. I think stud fees, mare prices, foal prices would drop 25 percent if California didn't prop up the sales of those horses, or you know, whether we're the bidder and winner or the underbidder and driving up the price. So how much does that mean in a multi-billion dollar? So so Kentucky racing doesn't need California, but Kentucky thoroughbred business needs California. So, but who's going to take that on? Not some guy in San Antonio. I just say, so that, and the reason I bring that up is I was looking at it from the lens of the trainer and what's in the best interest of the game, not lining my own pockets. And and, and the last thing I'll say, because Michelle, I know your husband's a trainer. For uh, I'll say this about most owners. My horse racing operation does not put food on my table and gas in my tank. I can't say that about the trainers. That's their profession. And the fact that we're not willing to step up and help them because we're friends with our trainers. We're not adversaries. We want them to be strong. We want them to do better. So, Let's get together and figure out a way to help prop up the training in California and incentivize trainers to run here. And maybe we can rebuild our horse population. I, you know, that's that's the way I'm looking at it anyway. It's an Listen, it's I mean, I think in, a, in addition, though, to incentivizing people to come, we have to like reward the people that have been here. You know, that's like the big drawback that we always say as a small time yeah. trainer for ship and win is you guys are drawing all these, you know, rich people to buy horses and bring them here with these big barns. But the people that are, you know, making their day to day living, scraping by are not getting anything. You know, the ones that can't afford to go and buy a horse somewhere else or or whatnot. That's a, you know, Michelle, that's a, that's a real, that's, that's a real problem, I think. And and I think it's worthy of, um, you know, of consideration. I understand what they're trying to do. They're like, you're already here. We don't need to incentivize you to come here. What, but the way we need to look at it is no, we want to incentivize you to stay here. That's what it's about. We're on an Island. Billy, you talked about the other day, we're on an Island and it's shrinking, you know? So, you know, it's it, it, it shrunk in Northern California. It's it shrinking. It's shrinking right underneath our nose in Southern California. You know, the the numbers don't work. One of the bullets on the on the point paper I sent you guys was, you know, prestige versus profit. Right. You know, when you know in the in the 30s when Seabiscuit was running, I do believe that most owners probably were in it for the prestige of the game. You know, and by the way, I'm in it for the fun of the game. Yeah, Billy, you know, Billy called me out. I like to go have cocktails after winning races. Right? Well, I, don't, I don't get invited to Ken's very much. I don't get invited to cocktails. Yeah, but but the, the thing is, is, but I don't need to put, I don't use the game. And I already told you to put food on the table and gas in the tank, but I need to survive yeah. or I won't be here. At some point, I'm a businessman. At some point, most owners are businessmen so and women. So if we are, we can't just totally ignore the, the, the metrics of the game and the P&L associated with it. So let us at least give us a chance to play even. And that's what I always try to do. If I can play even and have all this kind of fun and hang out with people, then that's where I'm going. So I'm, I just want to show there are things we should be and could be talking about that might improve the game as all, and I'm hypersensitive to Southern California because even though I don't live there, I run there, I love racing there. We have two of the most beautiful facilities there. And and everybody that goes to the races there are passionate about the game. I mean, what's, you know, that's, 
How do we, why do we, we can't afford to lose that. Mm-hmm. No, we really can't. And uh, you're bringing up great points. Um, but it's still, you talked about contraction and, and the fact that it's getting smaller and, and you just look at field size and you look at um, full, you know, uh, full count. Um, right. Just one of those things that it's, it's come to this almost boiling point of, and I could hear it in your voice when we spoke the other day. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show, because I'm getting to that point and I don't want to be at that point. Um, you know, I, I love this game and I wanted to, especially in Southern California, this is, this is my home. This is where I've, you know, made my life and made my business and I love everything about it. And when we start talking about issues like this, I get frustrated because sometimes it's the same thing over and over again. And, and, and one of the things that's reason we talked about, we had Rapoli on last year and we had Pat Cummins on is like, I just, I want to see some change. And I don't know if Mike's the right person or Pat or whoever it is, or the, you know, people talk about how the jockey club, what are they doing? I just want, and, and so I'm kind of feel like I thought about this today. We're Michelle and I think are in the same boat as you Mark, where we're starting different conversations now and we're starting specific conversations and we're asking questions about, okay, Mark Martinez brought a a great point about, you know, um, transparency and ownership. I literally spent a year of my life trying to get that done and, and didn't because I, I was like, I got so frustrated. I hung it up. Um, we talked about condition, but consistency, but we talk about things like these states coming together. And those are the things that unfortunately I'm unaware of how that, how, how do you get those people in a room, Mark? How do you create this, this, now, how do you get all those trucks in a room when they, they can't it. agree on anything? Right. We need, we need a governing body that people buy into. Right. And, and it, and I, you know, look, Mike's on the right track. I don't know that he went about it the right way. You know, it's, you know, look, everybody has an opinion on this. I, you know, I would probably, if, if I was in, if I was in his spot, I probably would, if he wants to put money in the game to improve the game and, and standardize, you know, take care of the business of racing and let Heisa take care of safety and integrity. Right. I probably, I think he really would have gained a lot more credibility if he had just appointed um, Pat as the CEO, hypothetically, you know, for example, or someone else. Right, or gone, they, to, a, gone to a group like Toba or, you know, right. or, or right. some type of organization that actually has some, a, a lot of people say there is no clout, but um, you're right. Keep they have no, no, they, we, none of us have ultimate authority, right? So the TOC has some say over owners in California, California only, you know, the, 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 the you know, California Racing Commission controls and regulates racing in California, but the KYRC does it in Kentucky. You know, then you got the same thing in New NYRA in New York and Florida. And, you know, I, I'd like to figure out how to keep competition on the track and right. out of the boardroom, you know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, how do we get there? And, yeah. and, and so and, and I, I, you know, look, I think everybody's ultimately fairly well-intentioned. I don't think the track operator, you know, I'll use Stronic, I'll use Aiden, Nate Newby. I don't think these guys go in, a, in their office, close the door and say, let's figure out, out a way to piss off the owners. I don't think it's that works that way. I think they genuinely would like to see the game improve and, and get stronger and recruit new people into the game and drive handle and increase purses and everybody's flourishing. Um, but we have to agree to not look at the look through the lens of our own perspective and agree to look at it through the perspective of racing as a whole. And I don't, and, you know, and again, kudos to Mike for stepping up, but I don't see that being accomplished. Yeah. And now maybe there's things going on. I I've heard Pat say some things going on behind the scenes, but behind the scenes doesn't help to gain support, right? You've got to evangelize these. That's why I laid these small ones out. Take, take this and say, Hey, by the way, just want you to know we're ta- we we listen to the the owners Bach podcast and and uh, this thing about standardizing condition books and purse reporting in the condition right. book we're taking that on we're going to go to every tag and we're going to and by the way I'll tell you the way I I mean I'll tell you I run my IT company I give it to somebody I say look this is what I'd like to get accomplished go forth execute let me know if you need anything 
come really, back. That, I mean, that could be done, right? They could, there could be some external company that everyone just sends their condition books to and they make them read the same way. Well, you just have to go to the racing, the track slash the GMs and racing secretary and say, look, purses will be not uh, state purse component will be excluded from the reported purse or the other way around. It'll be included. However, I you mean, just for it. transparency, it should be excluded. Right. Because like you said, your friend was rising for pennies on the dollar of fairgrounds because he didn't he didn't see the clause. So well, it makes sense the way that we write it mostly where it's in parentheses, 17.5, you know, for Calvary's. Well, just so you know, in California, we talked about rolling that 17.5 into the purse so that we could at least be on a level playing field. So when people, when we report what our purse is, we don't, we don't include the five print. We just say we're now 85, right. you know, and the same thing. That's what really drove it was tracks trying to fluff up their the the look of their purse until people started getting hip to it and they're like okay you know i see the fine print now but i'm just saying that, that's so easy if we can't do that for heaven's sakes billy you know what uh, yeah. you know i, I i'm going to dust off those wooden shaft hogans um You're gonna, listen you just enjoy wemby and you just <laughs> let you know you just keep listen here, here's the truth we had you on today because we wanted your passion and we and you're very smart and we wanted your energy and, and for me to see you, to have the conversation that you and I kind of had the other day about where you're at in this game, that's scary to me because we cannot afford to lose people like yourself, Mark Martinez. Mm -hmm. um, you do so much for the game and, and, and it's very important uh, um, to have you as an owner who, who is able, I think that's a great talk. I, I, excuse me, great point. Well, look, Mark, Mark is one of the few people that only doesn't look at his segment Correct. of the industry, right? Never He's not look. like, look, this is what the owners need. This is best exactly. for the owners. He's one of the few people that's like, look, we should help subsidize the trainers. We should do this for the condition book. We should, I mean, he's looking at every aspect, it's you know? Important. It's yeah. very important. And, and it's yeah. something that we, we all need to, to keep an eye on. And you know what, we'll invite you back. And if you have any other ideas, of course, you know, you have an open line to us. We appreciate you taking all, all this time. We hope people watch this and we hope people understand that if you have an idea, come up. Let's let's start putting these things on uh, on paper. Let's start moving. If in everyone the right starts direction. to have an idea and it gains traction, that's how changes get made. Right. Grassroots. One person having an idea that multiple people believe in. Well, I think we all I, I honestly believe there's long been good ideas out there. The challenge is finding someone to execute. And and I don't even know who the hell it is. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. And it's not the NTA. They can they can do things in it without authority to gain support with all the stakeholders to affect change. But the change is owned at, at the jurisdiction and track levels in many cases. So but I, I do think we can gain consensus if we can get the right stakeholders together and say, you know what, we are going to all agree to report purses this way. You know what? We are going to change the claiming rules to be the same for everyone because right. it's a, it's a national game. You know, it's not like it was in the thirties where you ran in New York and you're always in New York. You ran in Florida. You're always in, you know, right. we're, we're, we're national now. And so we're going to have national rules, national governance, and the claiming rules are going to be good for the same for everyone. The end of the meet, 30 days after the horse is claimed, whatever you want to agree to, I'm all I'm lobbying for. I mean, I have an opinion, don't get me wrong, but I'm lobbying for let's just be consistent. Yep. Right. Anyway, guys, adapt or die, my friend, adapt or die. Mark Martinez. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Michelle. Great seeing you, Thank kid. You, Mark. We'll talk Thank soon. You, all Thank right, buddy. You. Bye. It's Mark Martinez joining us here on the owner's box. Michelle, um, I'm sweating. Like literally, it, I'm just, it like, just makes like it makes you want to figure out something right now to like get it fixed. Like, let's just get it fixed. Yeah, it, it's so much bigger than that, because as Mark said, and when we talked about it at the, at the start with the states, the states and I, you know, I talked to Gary about this, Gary Fenton, who's not only my business partner, but is the head of the TOC. Mm -hmm. And it's the <clears throat> it's tough to get stuff done when you're dealing with different jurisdictions. And that's yeah. just part of the the issue with with horse racing and it is so how do we fix that that's the question and hopefully maybe just conversations like this who knows who's listening um but maybe conversations like this will have an impact and that's what we're here to do and that's what we've done this year i mean michelle and i will still have the fluff interviews with owners but we're trying different things and 
so far so good. I think both both episodes of the show have been really um, rewarding. At least for me. Hopefully. Yeah, thought provoking is a great, great, great call. What's uh what's happening at uh, Santa Anita this week, Michelle? Oh, so look, I'm gonna try something new since we're oh, video. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna share my screen. What? And then I'm gonna hopefully this works. Wait, I gotta put my glasses on. Are you? Uh, let's see. see. Okay, hold on. I gotta find. I wanna go to this. This is amazing. Share. Okay. Is so, this gonna work? This is not gonna work. I don't see anything. You don't see anything? No. Maybe you won't, but no, it should. Right, no, it would show up here. I've seen these stream yards before. It, are you sure? Yeah, we'll have to practice it for next time because it's not showing. Oh, oh here, here it is. There it is. Oh. Okay. It takes me a minute. Look uh, at this technology. Technology. Like so technology. Coming up at the Great Race Place uh, Friday, we're going to have obviously live racing. We've got um, this flight line pin. We've got the golden hour. We're giving away a golf umbrella. Ooh. Saturday is the cool day, though, Billy. It is the Cow Cup day. So we've got the oh. Cow Cup Derby, the Cow Cup Oaks, the Don Valpredo Cow Cup Sprint, the Unusual Heat Turf Mile, and the Sunshine Millions Philly and Mare Turf Sprint. It's also burgers and brews, which I know a ton of people like. And, of course, those tram tours are back, um, brought to you by My Racehorse. We're also doing the Vox Populi giveaway, which uh, Cody's Wish did win the Vox Populi this year. And they're going to be doing, like, this big free print. It's actually really beautiful. It's frameable. And it is uh, free if you come to the track on Saturday. So look for that. If you're a player, $500 Cow Cup Day Challenge on Saturday as well. It and then for Sorry, the what? It does pay to own a cabra. And then for Sunday, we have the Las Cienegas, which is down the hillside turf course. And there yes. is a live money contest that day as well. Uh, look at you, technology master. I mean, look at us. YouTube, Woo! technology. That was amazing. Mark Martinez. I mean, what a show. So um, did I tell you I was getting into golf? Why? Yeah. Well, my son's started to play. My okay. youngest son picked it up. And then... So his older brother started picking it up and, and I'm like, okay, fine. And, hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm getting into it and all my friends play and it's a good for, you know, it's good. All the business. jockeys play. All the jockeys. Oh, JJ Hernandez is begging me to come out and play. I said, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> He's like, we're not good. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I need to uh, be. Ryan okay. loves to play Ryan, uh, D'Amato. Yeah. Ryan plays a little left. Right. Um, hmm. thanks Mark Martinez coming on today thanks michelle for being a part of this can i can i do two like two small things of note yeah, go okay so first it's just full patrol you know how much i love full oh, patrol well, first full. You can show pictures now i oh you're right you're right so to be fair none of these had pictures that i saw they were okay. all pictures of the stallions but if okay. if i start to find pictures i will do we'll that put them up next week okay so golden pal first full a louisiana yep. bread nice cyber knife first full in new york and Nashville first full is a Maryland bread. Fantastic. Cool, Good. right? Yes, very uh, cool. And then I just want to big up a congratulations out to Richard and Connie Snyder, who are the Toba owners of the month. They run Cove Spring Farms. They used to be cattle ranchers actually in New Mexico when they moved oh, wow. to bluegrass. And uh they bred, they bred randomized. Um oh, and so they've had first grade one winner. There's a little couple. Yeah, we're gonna have to have them on. I put them on my I've got like a massive list of people now. So okay. uh they're on my list, right. but congratulations to them. And uh we will definitely be speaking with them in the future. Michelle, you're the absolute best to all of you who have watched the show or listened to the show. We appreciate it. Hope to uh spark some conversation and we will see you next week here on the owner's box.